unique importance of annual gift fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Sarah Nathan. Sarah serves as the executive director of the Middletown Community Foundation, and we've worked together on Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition. Sarah is a co-editor of that book, a former full-time staff member at the fundraising school, and still a cherished member of our fundraising school faculty. Sarah, great to have you back with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thank you so much. I always love being with the Fundraising School. Chapter 22 of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising is the annual giving program. Sarah, why is the annual giving program so central and important to the overall fundraising success of the nonprofit organization? The annual giving program serves many purposes for an overall or comprehensive fundraising program. First of all, it bonds the constituency to the organization. This is our opportunity to be telling stories of impact, sharing stories of need, uh, informing donors about um, our case for support. It allows us to test our case for support every year among our constituency. And of course, it provides us with necessary unrestricted gifts, unrestricted income that gives us flexibility uh, to meet our organization's needs as they change. Uh, and we certainly all experienced that in these uh, strange pandemic years uh, that we need to have that um, operational uh, financial flexibility to address what's going on in our context. So first off, we're raising money for our daily needs and for our annual expenses, hence the annual fund. But Sarah, in the beginning of your answer, you talked about building this relationship and staying in touch with people over time. And, you know, I think about a group of friends or I think about a family and we just, you know, there are those big events. There's the birthday celebration, the wedding, the graduation ceremony, things like that, that are very special. But there's also just daily life where we have our relationships. It sounds like the annual fund, once we can invite new donors into our nonprofit, is that daily life of staying in touch. Is that right? Yeah, that's a really great analogy, uh, Bill, that, right, we're staying in touch with our donors, again, letting them know what we're up to, what our needs are, what's changing. Um, and so it's not always a solicitation per se, um, but it's that keeping in touch. And, and with that, you know, our donors become, um, our, our donors become better acquainted with us. They begun to know us more. They know us more deeply. Uh, maybe that inspires them to volunteer or to give a second gift or to give a larger gift next year. Um, but all of that is cultivated in the annual giving program. And Sarah, how important is the annual giving program when nonprofits need unrestricted dollars? If other forms of giving, say major gifts, campaigns, and so forth, those dollars mm -hmm. tend to be more restricted. They often are, uh, by some estimates, only about 20% of all giving may be unrestricted. Um, but as we have all experienced, our needs could change at any moment. Our, our, our organizational flexibility is dependent upon our unrestricted dollars, whether that is to you know, hire a new staff person or you know, add programming um, or respond to a crisis like a pandemic having unrestricted dollars allows us to do that quickly. And again, I think we all understand that in a much different way than we did two years ago. And, you know, Sarah, when people read about philanthropy in, in their news sources, you know, we see the, the large major gifts. We hear about the, uh, you know, enormous amounts of money raised through campaigns, the, the planned gift that was made that is a high dollar amount. 
But one thing I know that you personally, professionally are passionate about, and, and you describe this so clearly in the chapter, is that all donors are important and all gifts are important. Can you help our audience understand that, please? Yeah, that is a really uh, central component of this chapter, that gifts of all sizes are important to our organization because everyone has something to give. Um, while those major gifts tend to get all of the news stories, um, there's something really powerful that we can all contribute to in our organizations when we collect all of those smaller or not major gifts uh, into our organization. And so celebrating gifts of all sizes is really a central component of the annual fund. I mean, we believe everyone can be a philanthropist because everyone has something to contribute, whether no matter the size of that contribution. And Sarah, before we talk about some of the specific tools that you describe in the chapter, you know, this whole issue of all gifts are important, all donors are important. What mindset does the fundraiser need to have in terms of generosity and understanding that word generosity as they're putting their annual fund plan together? Well, we know that generosity is a human trait, right? All, all humans have capacity to be generous, uh, whether that be through their time or efforts um, or financial resources. Um, so I think bringing that, that kind of inclusive mindset to um, our fundraising, to our personal philosophy of fundraising, maybe to our organizational philosophy of fundraising, helps us remember that um, all donors are important and need to be thanked, and uh, we can express gratitude regardless of the size of the gift. That is so well said. It's so easy to think about that large dollar amount being that person who's generous, and then they likely are, but maybe one of your smallest dollar amount donors is the most generous person who's donating to your organization because of the sacrifice relative to their income or to their right. wealth. And, and Sarah, there's a way to help us get this organized before we get started. There are a couple of tools that you describe in the chapter uh, to help us design our annual fund. What are those? Yeah, there are a lot of tools in the chapter, the profile of the annual fund. If you've been to the fundraising school, you should recognize this tool that's in the chapter. Of course, the gift range chart is one of the most important planning tools a fundraiser can use. Um, and that is described and provided in the chapter. Um, and then there's also some additional tools to help you think about and approach your annual fund program in a, in a data-driven and strategic way. So thinking about how do you calculate donor retention? You know, how do you measure your overall, the size of your overall database or your the size of your overall donor base, um, those tools are in the chapter to help you build strategies, apply them to your context, your organization's context, uh, to have the most effective annual fund program possible. And Sarah, as you teach for us at the Fundraising School, fundraising is a management function. That goes back to our founder, Dr. Henry Rosso. And you know, fundraisers are highly relational. They want to get that annual fund letter out the door, do some digital fundraising, meet with donors. How important is it to have these tools in place first? Because some funders might be, you know, fundraisers might be saying, oh, well, I got to put a gift range chart together. I'd rather be out meeting with donors. How important is it to have these tools in place first? Well, this is where our, our efficiency comes in, that we can be much more strategic about thinking about how we spend our time. Yeah, me too. I'm inclined to be out all of the time meeting people because that's what I really enjoy doing, right? Uh, but 
in order for me to be the most efficient at my work uh, and the most, and therefore the most effective, spending a little time with these planning tools are going to help me to do that and help my team be more effective and efficient. Think about that gift range chart like a roadmap. It gives us some guidance on how to use our time, use that time efficiently. The donor pyramid that's in the uh, chapter helps us know how do we spend our time in terms of in-person meetings and, and how we can bolster the base of our overall fundraising. So these tools are so important before we get on to the actual fundraising. Sarah, what trends are you seeing in annual fund fundraising and in terms of either what's positive or, or any concerns uh, that you discovered as you were writing the chapter? Sure, yeah, we were definitely keeping an eye on the overall number of donors. We've seen from our colleagues who you who we've seen from our colleagues who are researching using data from the philanthropy panel study that we think that fewer and fewer people are giving overall. So we're keeping an eye on what could be a shrinking donor base. Although here's a great opportunity for our annual fund fundraisers to help us grow that database. Uh, we're keeping an eye on donor retention. Uh, certainly that is a challenge for a lot of organizations. So first of all, we have to know what our um, organization's donor retention rate is and then build some strategies to ensure that we're continually reaching out and thanking those previous donors. Um, so those are some of the trends that we're keeping an eye on in, in the annual fund. Um, and certainly things our organizations should be thinking about as they build strategies. Sarah, as this chapter was being edited, written during the COVID-19 pandemic and during the uh, important uh, increase of awareness around racial justice and reconciliation, each author was invited to ensure that those themes were included uh, in each of their chapters. Uh, how do those two themes play out as we think about annual fund fundraising? Um, well, I'll come back to the beginning of the chapter, which is about all gifts, gifts of all sizes are important to our organization. Uh, and this is the most inclusive approach I think that we can have to the annual fund, regardless of someone's uh, financial wealth or perceived wealth or uh, opportunities to access wealth. Um, there are lots of ways that people can be generous, that we can make our table bigger, invite them to our tables um, to grow the annual fund, to grow those connections maybe in, in underserved or previously ignored populations in our organizations. So cross those lines of distinction, meet people from other demographic groups and expand the opportunities for more people to enjoy the experience of giving to your nonprofit organization. And in terms of times of crisis, Sarah, I know, you know donors tend to stick with the nonprofits with whom they're closest with during a time of crisis. Sounds like I need to have a good, strong annual fund before the crisis hits to be able to survive the crisis. Right, those organizations that continued uh, to thrive uh, through the pandemic were those that had those strong relationships already existing, and and we saw during the pan in the early days of the pandemic, um, more donors were giving smaller gifts, right? Because the the need was so visible to us in those early days of the pandemic, uh, and that's more evidence for us for when we collect many, many small gifts, they can have a big impact. So those small, small gifts matter. Well, we're so appreciative of Dr. Sarah Nathan taking time out from her fundraising as the executive director of the Middletown Community Foundation to talk with us about chapter 22, the annual giving program 
the chapter that she's authored in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, which came out in the spring of 2022. Now, we also have this book uh, available on our website at philanthropy.iui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You can learn how to purchase the book there. And if you attend the fundraising school course, Principles and Techniques of Fundraising, you receive a digital copy of this book. And it really is a go-to for so many fundraisers, for so many folks who are studying fundraising, people who are studying for the CFRE exam or to maintain their CFRE. It's a wonderful resource for you to utilize. Now, at the fundraising school, we're using the textbook to update our curriculum all the time. More than 20 public courses leading to four certificates were available in person across the United States and online anywhere across the world. That's also true with our custom training. We have our quarterly webinars and, of course, these free podcasts. And again, all that information is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Thanks so much to our producers today, Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.